pebbles might fall from trees But what if it's a chip off the old block? Clouds where the sun can reach What if he's a chip off the old block? Highs where the laws run deep What if she's a chip off the old block? Torn between you and me What if it's a chip off the old block? Welcome, welcome, welcome. I would like to welcome you to another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. This is the man, the myth, the legend, Jalen Hunter. And if you do me a favor, please subscribe to wherever you're listening. Please subscribe to wherever you're watching. It definitely means a lot to me. But where we'll start is simple. We're going to talk about the Lakers. <laughs> now, I've touched on this topic a couple times throughout the throughout the weeks seeing as though how this season has gone for the Lakers, but it's really time to tackle the Lakers. And I'm going to start with the question that, or I'm going to start with a, uh, let's have a conversation. Let's have a conversation about uh, one Anthony Davis. The question that's circulating around Anthony Davis, around the Lakers is, should they move off of Anthony Davis? Now, I understand how blasphemous that can sound, seeing as though how much the Lakers gave up to get Anthony Davis. We know about the blockbuster trade that the New Orleans Pelicans did with the with the Lakers after Anthony Davis expressed his interest to not only leave the Pelicans, but to go to L.A. And, of course, they pretty much lost on Zion and, and, a, and a couple other play, uh, draft picks and players. You know, Brandon Ingram went, Josh Hart, uh, LaMelo Ball. It was a huge deal. So I understand why you'd be like, yo, the Lakers gave up so much for Anthony Davis. Why would we even consider trading him? I mean, he, at his best a top 10 player why consider moving him well let's let's talk about the reality not only of anthony davis but of the lakers let's first now let's 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 first talk about the lakers before we finish with or before we talk about anthony davis when you look at this iteration of the lakers right you cannot a lot of people like to point blame a lot of people like to say, oh, the Lakers are playing bad or the Lakers are not um, the Lakers aren't uh, aren't as good as they're supposed to be because of Russell Westbrook. Everybody named Mama knew the relationship between Russell Westbrook and the Lakers more than likely wasn't going to work. And that's actually no, that's that's no slide on the Lakers. That's no slide on Russell Westbrook. I said this before, and I'll, I'll I'll touch on it again. When you when you when you do something when you do something for an X amount of years, let's put when you do something as long as Russell Westbrook's been doing. Think about this: Russell Westbrook's play has gotten him an MVP. The, the title, the triple-double king, seeing as though he's averaged a triple-double 
in a season more times than anybody in NBA history. In fact, he has more triple doubles than anybody in NBA history. So it's hard for anybody to see the success or what some what some people will call success that Russell Westbrook has received from playing the way he's playing to automatically change the way he plays. And then to what? The real question is, what are you changing that to? What are you changing? What would? How would Russell Westbrook change his game? Well, first, you'd want him to be a better shooter because more than likely a team that has LeBron James on it is going to be more LeBron James ball-centric. Meaning, he, LeBron James flourishes with the ball in his hand. I mean, he's arguably the greatest player of all time. He needs the ball in his hand. The problem is, Russell Westbrook flourishes with the ball in his hand. And neither play too well, neither really play that well off ball, but you don't want LeBron James to play off ball, if that makes sense. So it's hard for, it's hard to, for any player, whether Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, anybody, to exp- you expect them to change this deep in their career when what you want them to change to has is does not suit them. So when uh, you have so many people blaming Russell Westbrook for the Lakers, that's not the case. You're asking a dog to turn into a cat. It just doesn't work. Well, people want to blame LeBron James. LeBron James built this team. LeBron James had say, and I I do agree with the fact that they say that LeBron James did have a huge say-so. Because if you look at everywhere that LeBron James has gone, he's had input in the the roster. I mean, you would want that, seeing as though it's LeBron James. is arguably the greatest player of all time. LeBron James wanted uh, wanted to pair with Dwayne Wade. Uh, He also wanted Chris Bosh. He wanted Mario Chalmers to stay. He wanted... Uh, Mike Miller, he wanted so many pieces, and he got them from in, in Miami. Go to Cleveland. He wanted Kyrie. He wanted Kevin Love. He got that. He wanted J.R. Smith. He got that. So I understand that criticism, and that criticism is a tad bit fair. But the amount of the amount of blame that you want that they're putting on LeBron James to me is not warranted. The person that you really need to look at. Is Rob Palenka, the GM, the general manager. He's the one that pulls the triggers on these moves. Think of, look how this roster. Now, we talk about, we talk about fit. And we talk about when you when you look at 2K, let's 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 talk about 2K for a second. When you look at 2K, the goal is to acquire as much talent as possible. When you're building a team, when you're building a roster, you want to acquire as much to hell, even in pickup, you want to acquire as much talent as as possible. But the problem with that is not all the talent matches, not all the talent works. <sighs> Going into the season, we look at this roster, Carmelo Anthony, Trevor Ariza, Kent Bazemore, uh, Avery Bradley, Anthony Davis, Wayne Ellington, Dwight Howard, LeBron James. Remember, they had Mark Gasol, DeAndre Jordan, Malik Monk, Russell Westbrook. We kept saying the same thing. People kept saying, analysts, fans, casual basketball fans, kept saying the same thing. This is an old team. Like, it has some big names, Melo, Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook, 
Dwight Howard, LeBron James. It has huge names, but it's an old team. Why do you think that we said it's an old team? We didn't say it's an old team due to age, of course. I mean, 36 or 37, 36, 32, 31, uh, 28, 34, 36, 20, 37, 33, 33. We didn't say just due to age. It's because it's hard. Basketball is a is a ever-flowing game. And the one thing that you need are younger legs due to the fact that you're playing against people and you're playing against teams that are younger. So your def- people talk about their age solely really because of their defense. Because history shows that older teams don't play that well of defense because they just can't. They, they're, they're unable to keep up. Not saying that they're just completely trash, but they just they can't keep up. Hell, they blame Frank Vogel, and I do agree with some, you know, some of the lineups that Frank Vogel be using. I don't understand. However, when you're trying to you're trying to get something from, I mean, look, the the Lakers' best players, mostly this entire season, have been LeBron James, Malik Monk, and uh, Stanley Johnson, who they got off the the, the, the scrap heap. But let's go back to Rob Palenka. And I promise you, I promise you, we are going to make our way back to Anthony Davis. Again, we talked about these players' age due to due to due to defense. We knew that they weren't going to be as good defensively because they're older. And we also knew, I mean, Yes, LeBron James can want something. LeBron James can can specifically say, I want him, 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 him. But at the end of the day, LeBron James is not the GM. Even though LeBron James has a huge say on the team, LeBron James isn't the GM. Rob Palenka is the GM. Rob Palenka is the one that pulls these triggers, and he's the one that got mellow. Who hasn't really been playing this year? He's the one that got Trevor Reza, hasn't worked. Kent Bazemore, hasn't worked. Avery Bradley, who they got a, pretty much a couple days before the season started. Uh, Wayne Ellington hasn't worked. Taylor Horton Tucker. Remember, the reason why they do not have uh, Kyle Lauer right now is because Rob Palenka did not want to get off of Taylor Horton Tucker. Dwight Howard, who uh, hasn't really been playing. Uh, Stanley Johnson, who's been their best player. Marcus Saul, who's not even there anymore. Uh, Malik Monk, who's been good. Kendrick Nunn, who has not played a game yet. I don't believe. Austin Reeves, who's who's been a godsend for them, and Russell Westbrook, who who they have they were trying to shop at the trade deadline. That is where the blame goes to to Rob Palenka. So the question is: This team is now currently twenty seven and thirty one, a LeBron James led team. Oh, it's All Star break, by the way. <laughs> it's All Star break, so we're halfway through the season. And this team is below 500. They prob- I mean, they're probably going to make the plan, but I don't see them making it that far in the playoffs. I mean, nobody really has been playing well outside of LeBron James, Malik Monk, and Stanley Johnson. Avery Bradley has been okay from games, but those have been the real consistent uh, players that have played well. Hell, LeBron James, and we'll talk about this a little later, LeBron James is in the MVP conversation. I mean, he, I think he he's he's like 
top five in scoring right now, which is crazy, saying as though he's, what, 30, 37, which isn't even the oldest player on his team. <sighs> and now we get back to Anthony Davis. The reason why you want to trade a player, there's a couple reasons why. Maybe the maybe the fit doesn't work. Maybe uh, there's another player that will fit the organization a lot better, so he's collateral damage. Maybe um, he demands a trade, i.e. what happened with uh, the Pelicans. There's a lot of reasons why you would think about trading a player. The truth is, Anthony Davis is a fragile player. Now, there's really, I don't know if that's, a lot of people are saying that you have to connect that to his offseason training. Uh, I don't know. A lot of times you can't really, I mean, some players are just more frazzled than others. I mean, not everyone can be a LeBron. Hell, you remember early in his career, Steph Curry was a fragile player. He had a lot of frequent ankle injuries. Uh, he, he got that fixed, and now he's a three-time champion, two-time MVP. Uh, Kyrie Irving uh, was a fragile player early, you know, with with a lot of lower leg injuries. Kind of got that rectified. Hell, Quadras kept KD is a, is a fragile player. I don't think that you know his his off season grind is 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 affecting that, but KD is is hurt a lot. So Anthony Davis being a fragile player, that I mean that's a knock. That's definitely a knock. But that's I'm not faulting that to him. Just some players are more fragile than others, and I say that to say Anthony Davis is currently injured now. He twists his ankle, has a mild ankle sprain, and he'll be out for at least four weeks it says two to four weeks but if you see the injury it's it's not good it's it's a it he schedule he not only did he twist it he twisted and landed on it it's nah so at least four weeks this is yet this is another this is another footnote in a long stream of his of of injury history that anthony davis has So why Anthony Davis is 28. The, the the thought that the Lakers had was Anthony Davis was is a perfect when when they're both healthy. Anthony Davis is a perfect pairing with LeBron James. Not only when the pick and roll game, uh Anthony Davis can kind of shoot a little bit especially in the mid-range. He has guard-like skills in some areas, dribbling, ball handling. Um you know, his ability to finish above the rim, he's one of the best defenders in the league. Uh, Anthony Davis and the pairing between Anthony Davis and LeBron James is perfect. So I understand why you wouldn't want to trade him. Hell, again, top when he's available, Anthony Davis and healthy, when he's a, he's a top 10 player in this league easily. There was a lot of people. Now, I was one of those people. I clearly was wrong. But I was one of those people that was debating, was Anthony Davis better than Giannis? At their peaks. I, I was wrong. I'm not going to. I'm going to come up here. I was wrong. Okay. I was wrong. <laughs> but there were sh- strong arguments between who was better between Anthony Davis and, and Giannis. And a lot of people were picking Anthony Davis. I may, I may have been one of those people. <laughs> Again, I said I was wrong. I said I was wrong. But I may have been one of those people. 
but why? So so you so so you're asking me, oh Jay, top ten player when healthy, perfect pairing for LeBron James. He is he's 28, so he's looked to be one of their cornerstones. Once LeBron James retires, uh, once LeBron James moves on, you can hand over the keys to Anthony Davis. So why would you trade a player like that? Couple reasons. Reason number one, his availability. Your best ability is availability. And the fact that Anthony Davis continuously gets hurt has to be a cause for concern. To me, it's it's hard for me to hand over the keys to a franchise to a play for a player that or to a player that is constantly injured. The Golden State Warriors didn't become Steph's team until he got the ankle injury straight. Yes, you know, they traded Monte Ellis. They got Steph Curry, but they were hesitant in 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 making it in making Steph Curry the face of the franchise due to the fact that he continuously had ankles, ankle uh, problems. And once he got that rectified, all hell broke loose as far as Golden State. You see, there's before before last few years, there there was a conversation between do you want to give the keys to Philly to Joel Embiid or Ben Simmons due to the fact that Joel Embiid constantly was getting hurt. Now, of course, it's been rectified and he is in the MVP conversation. Well, this will be the second year in the row. He's an MVP conversation. But there was a few there was a a a league-wide argument to say is this should should we move towards Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid and one of the biggest reasons for that was his injury hell look at the Pelicans and how their franchise player I don't even think has played this year and that's Zion due to health so let's get back to Anthony Davis Number one, his health. It's hard for me to to hand over the rings of a franchise, especially a franchise as big as the L.A. Lakers, to a player that is that is not available as much as we need him to be available. Andy Davis can be a, is a great player when healthy, and you know you may have an you may be injury prone when they have to add when healthy. Number two, look at the construction of this roster. The L.A. Lakers, like I said, Melo, Trevor Ariza, Clint, uh, Kent Bazemore, Avery Bradley, LeBron James, Wayne Ellington, Tayton Holden Tuck, Tayton, Taylin Horton Tucker. There's not much wiggle room for this roster. Hell, you even saw at the trade deadline they tried to trade. Player. They tried to trade Russell Westbrook. They tried to trade Taylor Horton Tucker. They tried to trade Kent Bazemore. They tried to trade Ray Ellington, and nobody wanted them. There's two, actually one, because I think LeBron James may possibly have a no trade cause. So there's only one commodity that is tradable, honestly, on this team, and that is Anthony Davis. At least. There's only one commodity on this team that is tradable assets that you can actually get positive gain back from it. Because you see that you heard the trades that they, they were offering. They offered Russell Westbrook for John Wall. That's pretty much the same player at this at this moment of their careers. So the only player that you're really getting positive gain back on this team is Anthony Davis. 
Look, do I think that Anthony Davis is... I will say this. I was looking at the stats. The year, the bubble year, right? The year that they went to the bubble uh, and they won a championship. Anthony Davis was averaging 26 points a game, nine rebounds, four assists, two blocks, two two and a half blocks pretty much, and a steal. And he was available for... Six, all 62 games. Now, of course, we know that the, the season was cut short due to COVID. They came in the bubble, won the championship. This year, he's played in 37 games. Actually, let me say this. The bubble year, he played in 62 games. The year after that, he played in 36 games. He went from averaging 26 points to 22 points, um, nine rebounds to eight rebounds. He went from two blocks to, well, two blocks to two blocks if you round up. And he went from shooting 50% to 49%. This year, Anthony Davis is averaging 23 points a game, 10 rebounds, 3 assists, and 2 blocks. So what am I saying? Anthony Davis's points average has gone down. Also, his availability has gone down. And Anthony Davis, they need the Lakers need Anthony Davis. LeBron James knows it. Russell Westbrook knows it. Lakers fans know it. They need Anthony Davis to be to be healthy if they even want to contend for a championship. The problem is, I don't even think with a healthy. In fact, we've seen them with an Anthony, a healthy Anthony Davis, and they've been out. Or I'm not saying out. They have not been good. They're still below 500. Now, yes, Andy Davis missed a lot of the season already with an, uh, I think it was an MCL sprain. Now he's missing again with an ankle injury. Anthony Davis is a fragile player. And, and that's just some people, it just is what it is. Some people can't control it. Some people can't help it. That's just how they were built. That's just how they were you know, this this is how their bones work. Fragile players. But I think that especially this offseason, you have yes, it 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 may I just think you have to really you have to really look at trading Anthony Davis due to the fact that most of this roster is going to be here next year. And if you really look at the free agent market, who are you getting? I mean, yes, you can swing for a, well, no. Because if you look, maybe a James Harden, well, he's probably, he already signed his player option. You can swing for Bradley, uh, 
Bradley Bill more than likely is going to try to get the max contract or super max from the from Washington. Maybe Kyrie. Uh, no, Kyrie Irving more than likely is going to sign the player option. So 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 what do you what do you what are you left with? Next year is not going to be that or this offseason is not going to be that good of a free agency class as if you look at the players that are actually going to be available that don't sign the player option. It I'm going to look up who is going to be free agents. Um, let's see. Anthony Simon, he's restricted. So whatever you, I don't see him leaving, uh, Portland, especially seeing as though they just gave up CJ McCollum. And if I was Anthony Simon, like what? No, he's, is he, is he really going to change? I know he's been playing really well in Portland, but is he going to change the game? No. What about, uh, Gary Payton the third? I doubt he's leaving Golden State. Um, Mitchell Robinson, but you have Anthony Davis. <laughs> um, Jalen Brunson, that will help a lot. However, I don't see him leaving Dallas. DeAndre Aiden, he'd be a fool to leave uh, Phoenix, and Phoenix would be a fool to let DeAndre Aiden go. So, Miles Bridges, I don't see it because he'll pretty much be playing the same position as LeBron James. Nah. Player option, Kyrie Irving. I, I mean, are you going to pair that back? No. I mean, we saw what happened with Kyrie Irving when he went to Boston, and now we're seeing with the whole vaccine thing. I don't see it. Bradley Bill, yeah, no. Uh, maybe in a trade, but I see Bradley Bill getting the the contract extension or the player option. He's he's probably not going to sign that, but he will. He is trying to get the supermax. James Harden, no. And Zach Levine, no. So, who who are you who, who are you getting? Who are you getting? Um, it's not the market is mighty bare. Colin Sexton, no, he's a restricted free agent. Russell Westbrook is going to sign his player option. Nurkage, no. Lou Dort, that'd be good. No, because he has a team option. So what I'm saying is the Lakers don't have that many options. Which is why I said I think and and the maybe the last the last part of this is you want to trade now. Because like me and like Lakers fans, people are seeing that. Anthony Davis has an injury history. Now I understand why you wouldn't want to trade him after he went in the champ after winning a championship. And I also understand why you wouldn't want to trade him the year after, seeing as though he's still only what he was twenty seven at the time. But Anthony Davis, you wanna sell you wanna sell you wanna trade him now if you if you plan on trade you wanna trade him now when his stock is at is high. 
It's not at an all-time high because, of course, his stock at an all-time high is after he was traded to L.A. and winning the championship. But you want to trade him now because at this point, as much as I don't want to say it, it's true. He's damaged goods. And nobody's going to trade top dollar for damaged goods, even if the damaged goods is Anthony Davis. So if I were the Lakers, I would think long and hard about trading Anthony Davis. Because if you look at the look at the trajectory of the team, realize that LeBron James is having one of the best best seasons of his career. One of the best seasons of his career. And it's more than likely not if if they even make the plan tournament, they're probably going to get bounced out either in the plan or the first round, because that means more than likely if they win the plan, you're going to have to go against either the eighth seed. I mean, the first seed or the second seed. And right now it's looking like Phoenix or Golden State. I don't see them beating either. So if I were the Lakers, I would I would seriously consider trading Anthony Davis. Because at this point, who are you going to build around when LeBron James or LeBron, LeBron James? Again, LeBron, this is how you know where they're at. LeBron James, like I said, is having one of the best seasons of his career. LeBron, LeBron James this season is averaging 29 points a game. Seven assists, eight rebounds. He's having he's he's thirty seven, averaging almost thirty points a game. And the Lakers are twenty seven and thirty one, which means LeBron James. This team is not LeBron James is having a a, career, a season that could carry a team but this team is not good enough to even be carried meaning I, I would I would love to trade Anthony Davis because what what are you getting with even if you keep him even if like look look let's look in the future let's look next year because I don't think I think this year's a wash let's look this let's look let's look next year you're gonna have Russell Westbrook again you're going to have a lot of the same pieces, if not older. Or if you do get younger, they're not going to be as good because you're not. You're pretty much looking at the buyout market unless you, you hit the trade deadline. But I don't see them. If they didn't make a trade this year, what's going to happen next year when they're older? Yeah, man. I don't uh, I would. I would seriously consider trading Anthony Davis. And that's it's just, it's 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 just fact. Anthony Davis is not dependable. As great as he is when he's healthy, he's not dependable because when he's healthy is a huge question mark. Because a lot of times, like now, he's not. Now I don't blame injuries on the person that's that's sustained the injury, but Anthony Davis is a fragile player. Hell, KD. As great as he is, he's he's turned in, he's arguably a fragile player. I would th- I if I were go, if I were uh, LA, I would look to try to move Anthony Davis. I understand what the what the the future plan was, but even 
when you look, do you want to give what the, the question that you have to ask yourself and we'll move on from here is, do you trust handing over the franchise, the Los Angeles Lakers to a player and Anthony Davis, which has great as he is when he's on the floor. When will he be on the floor? Moving forward, we this this has been one of the best seasons, in my opinion, as far as talent, as far as players wise. This this when we look at like last year, last year was a great season. Uh, it pretty much came down to the wire between MVP, and it was pretty much three people. It was pretty much uh, Nikola Jokic who ended up winning the MVP, Steph Curry who finished second, and I think Joel Embiid. Those three really separated themselves from the pack. Now, yeah, there was players that had really good seasons, but it was really those three. If you look this year, this year has so if 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 one player won it, you you there was there's been so many great players. Hell, like I just said, LeBron James, thirty seven years old, averaging twenty nine points a game. And while the Lakers aren't winning as much, LeBron James is having one of the best statistical years he has ever had. And the crazy thing is he's 37. Steph Curry, who was a front runner, uh, of course, he broke the three point record. He's kind of fallen off due to the, you know, he's had a he had a he had a pretty much brutal month after breaking this, breaking the breaking the MVP, uh, three point record. But Steph Curry was was leading and Steph Curry is still I mean, he has Golden Golden State is now second in the NBA. A Golden State team that didn't that came into the season not having Klay Thompson, not having James James Wiseman, still doesn't have James Wiseman. Right now doesn't have um, Draymond Green due to back injuries. They're still second in the what? Second in the NBA. So there's a lot of players that can that can that can, you can you can say has has having MVP seasons. But what I wanted to do is I wanted to give my top five. Now, clearly, I just said Steph Curry. I just said LeBron James. Uh, Kevin Durant, he was he was top of the MVP charts for, for a little bit. Of course, injuries stopped that. So clearly those three are not in my top five. While I don't, I don't, I wouldn't be mad if Luka's not in my top five. Luka's having an incredible season. It kind of started off slow, but Luka's having a, a, a tremendous season. Now, I think he just had like, in a in a week, he had like a fifty point game, like a forty nine point game. So this has been this has been an incredible season, man. Trey Young, he started off slow, but he's come he he's he's come to the come to the forefront. So this it's been a tough Jalen Brown and and Jason Tatum, especially Jason Tatum. It's there's been so many people that have been have been incredible. Uh, Jimmy, well no. Jimmy Butler, even though he did miss a lot of the season due to injury, he came back and been. I mean, the Heat is what number one in the or number two, number one, no, number two in the West, no, number one in the East. I'm sorry, number one in the East. So there's been some great players, but I'm going to give my top five now. The hardest person. To leave off my top five, and I'll say it now, is Chris Paul. Chris Paul, not only does he have the Phoenix Suns, him, of course, uh, Devin Booker, Bridges, 
they're the number one team, and it, it, they're the number one team in the NBA, and it kind of doesn't even look close. Like it, it, it kind of feels like they're a number one team by country. Like it's, I think they have like a six and a half game uh, lead, and it, it's just they are incredible. But I left Chris Paul off my list because while Chris Paul has been incredible, Chris Paul has been arguably one of the best, if not the best, point guard in the league this year. But I just feel that a lot of the success that the Phoenix Suns have had, yes, while Chris Paul is a big part of it, it's also due to a big part of what what Devin Booker's doing uh, and his his scoring output, what Miles, what 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 uh, Mikael Bridges is doing, not only for his defense but for his clutch shooting. I just feel it's a collective, it's more of a collective effort for Phoenix than it is just Chris Paul. You know what I mean? Now, that could be said for some of these some of these people on this list, but that's why Chris Paul is not on my list right now. Not and I'm not taking away from the incredible season that he's having. Uh it was, he was the hardest person. Let me say that. He was the hardest person to leave off my list. Yes, even even tougher than Steph, especially what where their record is and what he's doing. Uh LeBron, it it was tough. But let me give you my top five. Let me start number five. Number five, I have John Morant. First and foremost, I don't think anybody. I knew people knew John Morant was good, and John Morant is an incredible player. Don't do not get me wrong, but nobody expected the leap that this man is has has taken from one year to the next. I mean, think about it. Last year, the man was he's he's improved. He's improved since since coming to the league. He's in no, let's just say since last year. He's improved his scoring. He's improved his defense. He's improved his rebounding. He's improved his three-point percentage. He's improved his field goal percentage. He's improved his offensive rating. He's improved throughout the through he's improved his entire game. And John Morant has emerged as one of the best point guards in the league. Now, I knew that there was a time where he could be that, but when you have a league that that has Steph Curry, that has uh Chris Paul, that has Kyrie Irving, that has Luka Doncic, that has, you know, some people consider James Harden a point guard. I never would have thought that John Morant would burst through the seams as fast as he I mean he's he's this is his third season and he's arguably been the best point guard in the league for the for the duration of the of the season. So I have to put him at number 5, man. He, it John Morant's been incredible. I mean, the, while this team is not just John Morant, I mean Desmond Bain is, has been great. Uh Jaron Jackson Jr. has been great. There's, there's, there's been some pieces. So it hasn't just been John Morant, but this team goes. And they they had a really good record. He did miss like 13 games, which is one reason why I only have him fifth. But And they had a really good or they had a really good record. I think they only won, lost like one or two games with him missing. But as we see now, this team goes as far as John Morant takes them. And ja- John Morant has been, I mean, John Morant's 27 points a game, six rebounds, uh, a guard, by the way, who is 6'3", 27 points a game, six rebounds, seven assists. 
the John Morant, and, and we know about his bounce ability. We know about, you know, he can jump out the gym. But I just didn't think he would be this polished of a player just three years in. So I have John Moran at number three. I mean, number five. I apologize. Number four, I have DeMar DeRozan. It 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 couldn't be it wouldn't be a list in my opinion if you didn't have Demar Derozan. Seeing as though everybody, including myself, questioned the move that the that the Chicago Bulls made this offseason, trying you know bringing in players like Demar Derozan, uh, Alex Caruso, uh, what's his name, Lonzo Ball. I just didn't I, because Demar Derozan is so heavily. Let me say this. DeMar DeRozan's game is flourished by having the ball in his hands, as well as Zach Levine. And at that point, Zach Levine was their best player. So I just didn't know the fit. And when I was when I saw that they're putting they're putting um they were putting DeMar DeRozan at power forward, I'm like, there's no way. There's no way. Because he doesn't even play defense like that. But there's no way DeMar DeRozan would be this good. Well, DeMar DeRozan is averaging 28 points a game, which is fourth in the league. He's averaging six, re- no, five rebounds and five assists. But his 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 just season stats don't really tell the big picture. I mean, I think he just passed Wilt in most consecutive games with 35 or more points, shooting 50% or more. Like... DeMar DeRozan has been the best player, and seeing though Zach Levine has been out, missed some time, Lonzo Ball's out right now, there's been a lot of injuries from for the Bulls. DeMar DeRozan, ha- I mean, he's been one of the most clutch players in the league. He's been one of the most consistent offensive players. He's been He's been better defensively than he's ever been, honestly. I, I, I can honestly say that I was wrong because I did not think that it was a good fit between uh, or a good fit that is, you know, DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine, and the Bulls. But I was clearly wrong. And I have have DeMar DeRozan uh I have DeMar DeRozan uh fourth in my MVP. I just he's he's been he's been that good. He he's been that good. Uh number three I have Giannis. And honestly, number three, number it these all right, so number one, two, and three. All these three players can be can be interchanged, and I if if one of these three players won the MVP, I wouldn't be shocked. And like I said, number three, I have Giannis. Giannis just had a fifty point game, man. Giannis has, I, oof. you know, we talk about the 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 best players in the league, right? And of course, you always hear LeBron, you always hear uh, Steph, you always hear. KD and 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 rightfully so, you know Steph is still incredible. KD is still incredible. Um, LeBron James is still LeBron James, but there's a real argument to be had that Giannis Antetokounmpo is the best player in the league because of how he's improved year after year. I mean, think about it. Think about just two years ago. No, think about a majority of last year. Majority of last year, the 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 game plan for Giannis is get him to the free throw line. He was airballing free throws at a at a large clip. 
he was airballing free throws to the point where there's a compilation of of Giannis airballs at the free throw line. But then you get to the playoffs, you get to the NBA Finals, and he turns it around. Now he's pulling up from three with confidence. He's getting to the line with confidence. I mean, currently Giannis is shooting shooting 72%. 72% from the uh, free throw line. Giannis is, and he's leading the league in scoring. Giannis. A league that has James Harden, a league that has Steph, a league that has Kevin Durant, even though he's hurt, a league that has LeBron James uh, scoring 29 points a game. Giannis is leading the league in points. I mean, Giannis, Giannis, well, I think he's second right now after what happened the night before or what happened a couple nights ago. But Giannis is averaging 29 points a game, 11 rebounds, 6 assists. His P P R is thirty two point thirty six, which is second in the league. I have I have I have a uh, Giannis is third. I just think the, the Giannis continues to grow year after year after year, and it's hard when you talk about the best players in the league. It's hard not to put his name. And honestly, if you don't, kind of like a uh, <laughs> uh, Sam Acho, I don't. This it it just blew my mind. I, I, this is a tan- this is like a, a a tangent, but it just blew my mind. Sam Acho when he put out the other day, Sam Acho from ESPN when he put out his top five quarterbacks, and he didn't. Not only did he not have he, not only did he have he did not have Patrick Mahomes on that list. The man had Justin Herbert, who has been incredible, by the way. Don't get me wrong. He had Justin Herbert number two. He didn't even have Lamar. He didn't even have Lamar Jackson on the list. A, a Lamar Jackson that was leading majority of the year last year until he got hurt in the MVP uh, as as an MVP race. Patrick Mahomes didn't make the list. Lamar Jackson didn't make the list. Justin Herbert came in second. Joe Burrow came in like fourth or fifth. In fact, I think Joe Burrow came over. I think Aaron Rodgers, who just won the MVP, was fourth. That's all I'm gonna say about that. Let's get back to the let's get back to let's get back to the regularly scheduled program. Um, Giannis, I have Giannis at number three, and number two and number one has been, I I've been, I've been, I've been struggling with this, uh, the most. Number two and number one, honestly, in my opinion, it's it's. Mm. I'm gonna say it, and even even as I say it out loud, it doesn't. I don't. It it feels. I don't know. Number number two, I have Nicole Jokic. Now it's hard for me to say, um, he's number two because Nicole Jokic last year, his averages, while his averages twenty six points last year, eleven rebounds, and uh. 11 rebounds, 8 assists. This year, 26 points, 14 rebounds, 8 assists. And he's first in the league in PR at 32.66. And this is a this is Nikola Jokic who has the Nuggets by the way. 
me a second. Who have the Nuggets sitting at sitting at sixth in the league, sixth in the West. Now people say, I mean, it's just sixth. Yes, but you're missing your best offensive player in Jamal Murray, your second best offensive player in Michael Porter Jr., and it's just been injury galore for for Denver. And they're still six. And and that is solely because of the play of Nikola Jokic. Nikola Jokic is one of the most skilled big men of all time. And it's... The only reason why I have him second, the only, only reason why I have him second is because I'm looking at who I have first. And that, I'll just say it. And that's Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid, a big man, by the way. Joel Embiid, a a man that, like I said earlier in the show, uh, has dealt with his 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 fair share of injuries. That's dealt with, uh, you know, what's happening with the Ben Simmons situation. Joel Embiid is averaging 20, 30 points a game which is first in the league, eight rebounds, which is eighth, five assists, and and he's third in PER for 31.86. Now, you put his numbers up next uh, next to Nikola Jokic. He's averaging more points. Nikola Jokic is averaging more rebounds. Nikola Jokic is averaging more assists. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Ah. Damn, Nicole. See, ah, man. And Nicole Jokic. See, I'm, I'm. Now you're kind of people that are are listening, people that are watching. You're kind of seeing how my thought process works. I'm putting these up next to each other, and the only thing that Joel Embiid is is doing better than Nicole Jokic is scoring, and probably blocks. I would assume blocks. Yeah, 1.4. Joel Embiid averages 1.4 blocks a game, and he averages one block a game. I'm going to do it. I'm changing my mind. I'm changing my mind. I'm changing my mind live on, live, live. Nikola Jokic to me, even though a lot of people do not put credit on his what's going on, seeing as though, a lot of, I mean, he did just win last year, and a lot of people think maybe he shouldn't have won, which I don't agree with. Even though I'm a Steph Curry fan, I think that he rightfully, as as Nikola Jokic, he rightfully deserved to win it last year. I think Nikola Jokic deserves to win back to back. The fact that he's playing with less than what Joel Embiid is playing with, he's pl- Joel Embiid still has quality scores. I mean, let me say, Joel Embiid still has good players around him. Uh, you know, you can feel how you feel, even though he's not as good as he once was. But Tobias Harris, Maxie has been good. Danny Green has been hitting stuff. Matisse Thimble has been incredible defensively. Uh, they had Steph Curry. They had, or Seth. They had Seth Curry. And now you have James Harden. Um, now, of course, James Harden hasn't played yet for them, but you have James Harden. I'm going to go with Nikola Jokic. I think Nikola Jokic has played well enough to win his second straight MVP. So 
my MVP list, number one, Nikola Jokic. Number two, Joel Embiid. Number three, uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Number four, DeMar DeRozan. Number five, Jamal, uh, John Morant. That's my list. <sighs> Just putting them stats up next to each other, man. Nikola Jokic is eighth in, in, in assist, second in rebounding, first in PER. And while Joel Embiid is first in scoring, he's eighth in rebounding. Uh, eighth in rebounding. That's crazy. Eighth in rebounding, 38th in assists, and third in PER. So it's not that far apart, but I just think Nikola Jokic uh, should be the MVP. So, And who's on your list? Let me know. Let me know. Moving forward. So the college football, let's let's go a little football before we go. Uh the college football, I think they 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 pretty much had a hearing or they pretty much came together and said that they're going to stay with four teams for for the college football playoffs. Now, this is discouraging news seeing as though just a couple months earlier, uh they made a big announcement and said they're pretty much going to consider and and more than likely moving forward to making it 12 teams uh but there was a lot of people there was a lot like there was a lot of conference or there was a couple conferences or conference conference heads that weren't trying to deal with that now i don't i i don't understand why you would be against a 12-team college football playoffs if you didn't believe that your conference was going to have anybody in the college football playoffs. Because if one team... Now, yes, the SEC is the best conference when we talk about college football. The SEC is the best conference, hands down. I mean, you have Alabama. You have this this year's champion in Georgia. You have Auburn, even though they had a bad year. You have Auburn. You have Kentucky. You have Mississippi State. I understand. I understand. But look, from what from what what was heard, the ACC the ACC was one of the people that were kind of against it. Well, North Carolina has been good recently. Um, Miami's been okay. Those teams would have benefited. Now, I understand it's pretty much a, a one-team race in the AFC at this point, as far or ACC at, at this point, and talking about college football, which is Clemson. But there's been multiple years where it could have been Clemson and Florida State. There's been multiple years where Miami could have made it. Uh, North Carolina could have made it. So it's just this is it just doesn't make sense to me because. You you stand to lose a lot of money. They can lose a lot of money, not going with the twelve team. Now, of course, I think they're going to look into twenty two. Uh, this is going to stay put until twenty twenty six, which there I guess they'll re 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 look at it. But it just doesn't make sense. It's like you, what they say is they want it to be competitive or they want it to be equal. They want it to be balanced, but. Hell, look at last year. Alabama, Georgia, two SEC teams. Then you had Cincinnati, and you had uh, – who was it? Oh, Michigan. So, no AC. I mean, Clemson was bad last year. They had a down year. Like, 
if it's four teams, that's less. Compa- I don't. I don't know. It just doesn't make sense to me. I don't think it's. I thought it was the, the. It wasn't a good decision. I think that it'll bring a lot of excitement. I mean, of course, college football is exciting, but it'll bring a lot more excitement having twelve teams instead of just four. So you may have an Oregon. You may have a. I don't know Iowa. You may have a Notre Dame. You may have a, a more of a. You have a better chance. I mean, it's 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 a playoff. It's hard for me to say college football playoffs and there's only four teams. So there's two games. It just it just doesn't make sense, man. And it's it, to me, it's a bad look for college football, especially when you've already come out and said that you're going is going to be a, a twelve team thing and a twelve team playoff, and now it's not. It's a bad look. It's a bad look. It's a bad look. And lastly, before we go, so we talked about uh, Carson Wentz last time, and the reports were that Carson Wentz is a high possibility that the marriage between Carson Wentz and Indy is 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 not happening no more. Like Indy's trying to trade him, or possibly will release him. Now, there's this free agency market, and, and there's a lot of quarterbacks. It's not just free agency, but there's a lot of quarterbacks that could possibly be on the market. It could possibly be on the move uh, this offseason. I mean, we still need to figure out or we'll still need to know what's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, um, what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson, what's going to happen with uh, Carson Wentz. And one of the biggest names that is definitely in that pool is Jimmy G. And I talked about it when when they talked about or when we had the AFC championship or NFC championship, I'm sorry, about what type of player Jimmy G is, what type of quarterback Jimmy G is. Well, before we go, let me talk about the value of Jimmy G. Because I'm hearing a lot of teams, I'm hearing maybe Indy if they get off of Carson Wentz. Could be looking to get cars. Uh, could be looking to get Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm hearing Washington. I'm hearing uh, a lot of teams. He's he's going to be a high commodity on a lot of teams. Jimmy G is a good quarterback. You can win with Jimmy G. Can you win the Super Bowl with Jimmy G as your Jimmy G? And I said this before. Jimmy G needs a lot to go right around him. He needs a good offensive line. He needs a really good uh, receiving core. He needs a good running game. He needs a good defense. If he has all that, Jimmy G can get you to a Super Bowl. I mean, hell, he's he's been... He's been to a Super Bowl, and he was just in the NFC Championship after beating the Green Bay Packers. And almost beating the L.A. Rams, who eventually won the Super Bowl. If it wasn't for a couple instances, they may possibly have won. Jimmy G needs a lot to go right. For him to be at his optimal level, right? But Jimmy G, I mean, if you look at it, Jimmy G, he's not 
a horrible quarterback. I think a lot of people look at the quarterback market and think you have to be a Patrick Mahomes. You have to be uh, a Justin Herbert. You have to be a Joe Burrow. You have to be an Aaron Rodgers. You have to be a Russell Wilson. Not those are those are. <laughs> you have to be a Lamar Jackson. Those are very rare quarterbacks. And while I don't think Jimmy G is as good as any of the people I just named, I do think that Jimmy G is good. A, a lot of people ask, should Washington give up a first round pick? Well, from what is from what we're hearing, they're thinking about getting Kenny Pickett from Pitt. I think. To me, Jimmy G is better than Pickett. Jimmy G is also better than Tyler Heineke. He's also better than Kyle Allen. I think Jimmy G at this point in his career is better than, than or I think Jimmy G is better than Carson Wentz at this point of his career. I think Jimmy G is better than Tua Tagovailoa. I think Jimmy G is better than Jalen Hurts. I'm sure Jimmy G is better than whoever the starting quarterback is going to be for Houston. That's not Deshaun Watson. What I'm saying is Jimmy G has value. Jimmy G can make a pro uh, make make an organization better. If everything around him is perfect, he can win that organization a championship, or at least put them in position to win a championship. But maybe one of the lesser organizations like a Washington, like a, like, like I think if Indy, if he goes to Indy, they have a really good shot of, of making some noise next year in the playoffs. I think if he goes to Washington, I think he has a really good shot. I think Washington, I think the NFC East now turns into a two team race between Washington and, and Dallas. While I'll still probably pick Dallas. I think it's a two team race. Jimmy G has value. No, he's not Patrick Mahomes. He's not Lamar Jackson. He's not Joe Burrow. He's not uh, Justin Herbert. But Jimmy G would be 10 times better than than whoever the hell uh, Pittsburgh is going to have unless Aaron Rodgers goes there. Jimmy G is better than Timmy, uh, Timmy, Teddy Bridgewater in, in uh, Teddy Bridgewater. So if. If Green, if if Aaron Rodgers goes to goes to Denver, he be he's better than Jordan Love. Jimmy G has value, man. He has value. How much of his value? Jimmy G can can win you games. No, he's not a top tier quarterback. But some organizations don't need top tier. They just need sir. They just need a serviceable quarterback, and he is more than that. So. And there you have it, man. That's been today's episode of the Unpopular Podcast. I appreciate you guys. Um, if you want Unpopular Podcast shirt, hoodie, long sleeve, sweater, joggers, the link is in the description below. I have multiple different colors, multiple different designs. You just click on the design you like, click on the color, click the size, click purchase. It gets shipped to you. Hey, man, go get your Unpopular Podcast stuff today. Also, Please subscribe to wherever you're listening. Please subscribe to wherever you're watching. Also, if you can, leave a comment, leave a like, leave a review if it's you know one of the DSPs. I'm trying to get more people to experience the Unpopular Podcast. I'm trying to grow the podcast. Uh, and that only helps with, of course, your viewership. That only helps with, you know, that only helps when you, you view or listen. That only helps when you leave reviews. Only helps when you like. Only helps when you... Uh, 
you know, share, it, it, you get the algorithms going. So if you can, and if, and if you if you like what I'm producing, please share it to the mass or leave a comment, leave a review, leave a like. It, I definitely would appreciate it. And I hope you guys have an incredible weekend. This is All-Star Weekend, so I'm excited to see what the slam dunk con- three-point contest, even though the three-point contest doesn't have Steph or Clay. I'm excited to see. Uh, I don't even think it has any former winners. <laughs> and uh, I'm excited, of course, to the All-Star Game. So until next time, much love. To the ceiling, is it magic? Baby, tell me why you disappearing, is it magic? I will never tell him how I did it, it was magic Can you imagine? Honey in the mattress Love the way I stack it I can make it rain, blue honeys, can you catch it? If somebody come through bluffing, I'ma blast them And tell the police I don't know what happened If I gave a fuck about a sitch, I'd always be broke I never get to pull up in the bins when my lows Growing up, we was post, so we hopped off that post With a gun, tryna blow, tryna kick down your door but that's old news, spreading love now Sick of police lights, sick of gun sounds Niggas brand ain't up, so they come foul But it's handshakes, hugs when I come round Wow, funny style Hate to see a nigga smiling, honey miles in Running through the public housing, moving mountains Fuck who I was thumping down with, gunning down shit Sitting in the back of Crown Vic, so janky Know them niggas down the street still hate me Hope lil' baby know that she can't play me Dumb hoe, love costs, but the game free Dumb hoe Feeling like I'm floating to the ceiling, is it magic? Baby, tell me why you disappearing, is it magic? I won't never tell them how I did it, it was magic Can you imagine? Money in the mattress, love the way I stack it I can make it rain, blue honeys, can you catch it? If somebody come through bluffing, I'ma blast them And tell the police I don't know what happened Crippin' blood shit That's the only thing I ever been in love with So I hope you know he never gone public Hands full so I can't hold grudges Nah, I be thuggin' Jumpin' out the backseat bustin' Everybody we be beefin' would be sayin' that they bleedin' shit But see us and they don't do nothing. Oh, put it on the deadlocks They know I been bothered by this since the get-go If I hit the corner clickin', better get low you ain't with it, nigga, what you from the set for? Huh? I just wanna be successful You will never ever see me with my head low Mama met my daddy, then they had me in the ghetto Handed me a 38 and told me I was special North Feeling like I'm floating to the ceiling, is it magic? Baby, tell me why you disappearing, is it magic? I won't never tell them how I did it, it was magic Can you imagine? Money in the mattress, love the way I stack it I can make it rain, blue honeys, can you catch it? If somebody come through bluffing, I'ma blast them And tell the police I don't know what happened Feeling like I'm floating to the ceiling, is it magic? Baby, tell me why you disappearing, is it magic? I won't never tell them how I did it, it was magic Can you imagine? Money in the mattress Love the way I stack it I can make it rain, blue honeys, can you catch it? If somebody come through bluffing, I'ma blast them And tell the police I don't know what happened See, when you come from nothing, make it into something I call that luck when you come from where we come from, I call that magic. When you get two niggas from different sides of the city to do something like this, I guess you can call that magic. 
getting off of Section 8. Welfare. Nas Rolls Royce's private jets. That's magic. Let me know what's magic to you. Yeah.